Hello, I'm Marsha Ogden. Welcome to my podcast, Directory of a Dream Life 50 Plus. It's for anyone who's passed that milestone, like me by a long chalk, and who, like me, has realised that we could be on this earth for another 30 or 40 years. So let's make the best of it. get started with this week's episode can i just remind you to please 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 review share and subscribe to the directory of a dream life 50 plus podcast on whatever platform you listen on and if you want to plan to make the rest of your life the best of your life take a look at www.gurgleit.com forward slash my best life and find out about my best life journal and workshops. Welcome to episode 30 of the Directory of a Dream Life 50 Plus podcast. This one's called Make Your Life Sing. I love that title. It forms part of the name of the podcast hosted by my guest this week. She is Kathleen Thompson. And just wait till you hear the interview I had with her. She is one inspirational lady. This week, I've bought a very small but perfectly formed tree and decided not to send Christmas cards. I'm instead donating to Dementia UK. Uh, We lost my dad to dementia a few years ago and I know what a horrible, horrible way it is to go and so it is my preferred charity. In other news this week, two scams, one little one, I am so aware of scams on your mobile phone, you know texts that want you to click a link but I am awaiting several parcels and when I got one to say that I'd missed delivery and ring this number I did it. What a fool. As soon as I got through, I realised what I'd done. And sure enough, it added £3 to my bill. And was nothing to do with any of my deliveries. Then Gary, my husband, got a letter from a new credit company saying thank you for opening the account. And again, although they used part of his name and the correct postal address, It was a different phone number and a different email, so he was able to stop it. But apparently there was a £200 spend gone on that with um, an account at Halfords being set up. It just goes to show how people catch you off guard and how easy it is for those who want to, to get away with it. So let's bring the mood back up. It is nearly Christmas. I hope you're all ready. I'm in the middle of my final four days as Mrs Claus and what a lovely time we've had. My grandchildren have finished school and we're all looking forward to a very happy Christmas. I hope you are too. Here's this week's handy hint. As it's Christmas, it's all about carving the turkey. Rather than carving slices downwards, 
from the top to the bottom towards the plate. Try this. After the turkey's rested, take a sharp knife and cut off the leg and thigh from one side. Then slide the blade between the bone and the flesh on that side. Use that position then to cut off the whole of the breast portion in one piece. Put the breast onto the plate and you'll be able to carve it at a slight angle into thick or thin slices, however you like it. That way, everyone can have some of the best meat and it'll look like a professional carved it. I'd like to introduce you now to this week's guest, Kathleen Thompson, who is from Connecticut in the US. Kathleen will certainly inspire you as she tells her story from being at the top of her game in the corporate world, whilst at the same time having to navigate the grief from the sudden death of her husband, a huge company merger and all the stress that brought, unexplained illness and the menopause. Kathleen now coaches her clients in blowing the lid off who they really are. Intrigued? Here she is. Hello and welcome to our guest this week. She is Kathleen Thompson and she's on the east coast of the US and welcome to the Directory of a Dream Life 50 Plus podcast, Kathleen. Thanks so much, Marcia. We're very, very pleased to have you here because Kathleen has a podcast with the fantastic title of Finding Your Groove, which fits in very nicely with Directory of a Dream Life. And that is, in fact, how I found you, isn't it? Um, I love your podcast, but I was intrigued to find out a little bit about your backstory because you have had a very long and successful career in the banking technology industry, haven't you? But then events just led your life to turn around completely is, is that they a fair did. yeah that's a fair statement <laughs> um i wasn't planning on a career in banking in the first place but it happened you know as things do often in life a circuitous route i ended up there and it was a pretty creative and challenging career because i've always considered myself an artist so the creativity that comes with designing and developing technology was right up my alley, even though it wasn't anything I planned. But then what happened when I was 47 is that my husband died suddenly a what? couple days before Christmas. Oh. And that, as you would imagine, just turned my life completely yeah. upside down. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't even describe the shock and what it felt like to completely lose my identity and the love of my life in one fell swoop. Mm. So, I mean, I really felt like I died with him that day. And in a sense I did because the life I had, even though I still had my job, even though I still had my house, the life I had no longer existed. Right. The future that yeah. we had planned no longer existed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And how do you turn around from from a situation like that? I imagine it took quite a long time. Well, it did. And it wasn't, you know, it's not linear. If you ever read Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's Five Stages of Grief, 
it feels like one thing happens and then another thing happens and then and it's mm. sequential, but it really isn't. Um, part of me just didn't even want to have a different life. And so for quite a while, I resisted the change, mm -hmm. which wasn't healthy at all. It didn't help the situation whatsoever, but it's pretty natural. The question is, is how long does that last? Right. And then at the same time that my husband died, we were going through a major merger at work. It was probably the largest acquisition that had happened in my career. And it resulted in, I would say, the largest culture change. Things started happening at work that were making the situation untenable, even though I refused to see it. So grieving and trying to craft a new life at the same mm -hmm. time that life was stressful made it hard. Right. And so then I found myself really, really sick with some unknown illness that no one could figure out what it was. Right. Yeah. That was kind of the second massive change that I went through was, was trying to navigate through the health system, finding healthcare providers, many of whom ended up in alternative health, who actually helped me more than mainstream healthcare providers did, and figuring out what it meant to really have a new life. And mm -hmm. that was what I would say the, the catalyst of my husband's death, and then that illness on top of it, and the culture change that was happening at, at work what made me seek, there has to be another way to live besides the one yeah. I've been choosing. Yeah, yeah. And, and was the illness a result of sort of a culmination of everything that was happening to you physically and psychologically? Yes, it was. Because as soon as my husband died, I had insomnia. Like that night, as you would imagine, when you're in that much shock, Mm. You just don't sleep. Right. And that was abnormal for me, but it started a pattern because I was so stressed out, because I was grieving, because my work schedule was crazy, because mm. it's typical of people in technology to have sleep problems anyway, which I didn't know until I learned later. The combination of insomnia, which became habitual, um, plus I was going through menopause so many changes going on at the same time and mm -hmm. my own mindset contributed to the problem. Um, it created a situation where my metabolism, my whole endocrine system was not functioning properly. Right. That's what it turned out to be. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it was only when you got treatment and you could see light at the end of the tunnel for your illness that you realized that, that, yeah. I can carve out a different life. Well, it was health, health is everything, isn't it? It is. Well, and, and what I didn't, what I was doing was I was denying my body and I was in my mind almost all the time. I was trying to stuff whatever residual emotions were left from my husband's death. And I was stuffing the stress that I felt at work because I had to just do what I had to do. Mm. And so there was that side of it. And then there was the physical aspect of that has an impact. Your body can't tell the difference between physical stress or emotional stress. Mm. It treats it all the same way. And so it wasn't even so much getting treatment as it was, I was really at the bottom. I couldn't see a treatment. What everybody told me was, well, you just try this stuff and it might work over time and it might take you two years. And I'm like, I don't have to. Yeah, years. yeah. You know, when people tell you things like that, you immediately freak out. Mm -hmm. And so part of what had to happen was I had to hit the bottom 
And then I had to ask myself, what is my life worth if this is all it will be? Mm -hmm. What if it doesn't change? What is my life worth then? And is it only worth what I, my accomplishments? Is it only worth, who am I? You know, mm -hmm. I really had to ask, who am I at my yeah. core? Because that's what no one can rob me of. Nothing mm -hmm. can rob me of. Yeah. Is who yeah. I am at my core. And so I realized that I had to want to live. I had to want to have a life, even if it doesn't look like the one I wanted or planned. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's when I started to change was when my mindset changed and my heart attitude changed to say, I can have a full life, even if it doesn't look like I expected it to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That in itself is a huge achievement for, I think, people our age to recognize that there is something at your core. You, you have got, you've got core desires and you might have been pulled this way and that way and away from those desires and this is our time we have got to pay attention to to what's inside us because you know we're on the last chapter it might be 30 40 years of a chapter but there is something inside there that might have been repressed and pulled pushed down and you know you've got to seek it out but i think a lot of us don't know how to access those feelings and emotions i talk to a lot of people and they say well no i'm happy but when you get down to it it's no i've settled for what i've got you know it's not the same and yes i mean you you had life events that made you face those didn't you Whereas, i did and yet still it takes a lot of intention to to change because what can happen and what did happen when my husband died was I went through the work of grief mm. and I thought I was really doing all the work of grief, mm. but I got to a point where it was manageable and I stopped. And that's what happens to many of us. We get to a point where it's okay and we stop and we settle for okay mm. instead of going for great. Yes. And the same thing happened when I first started feeling better after I was ill. I got okay, and I said, okay, I'm good now, and I'll just keep working, and I'll just keep doing, and meanwhile, this voice, which had started when my husband died, and continued to persist when I got ill, and said, something has to change, and not to survive, but to really have a life that's worth living, mm. that's more than just, yes. I'm striving for, I have a one-track mind towards success at work, mm. and everything else doesn't matter. And so part of what I had to do and part of what my illness forced me to do was to get in touch with my own body because I had been living so much in my head and disconnecting from my body mm -hmm. that I started exploring the Alexander technique and mm. some other things to help me connect with my own body and my own self. Yeah. And in the process, I started hearing that small voice that said, Kathleen, you have another whole life. You don't have to, now is not the time to slow down. Yes, yeah. you had a couple of derailments along the way, but they only serve to be the fuel for what's coming next. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and am I th right in thinking that you are from a performing arts background? Because I'm an actress myself, and didn't you yes, train to perform before you went into the corporate world? Yes, I actually studied voice. 
I studied ballet for eight years and was in a junior company yeah. of a ballet right. company. And then I studied voice in college and I've been performing my entire life right. on the side. I thought I was going to be a singer songwriter and then pre-internet, you couldn't do it yourself. And it, I found it challenging. And unfortunately I mm -hmm. gave up probably too soon. Right. But yes, I've always had a performing arts background yeah. and I love it. And so part of what I wanted to do was say, somehow I'm going to blend performing arts, creativity, yeah. the fact that I've had these difficulties in life. I'm going to somehow create a soup out of that that's going to make life better, help make this world a better place because mm -hmm. I only have so many years left and I want to go out with a bang. Exactly. Doing what you love doing and mix it all together and use it to your advantage and to help others, isn't it? So, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's great. So how did how did it all transcribe itself, if you like, I can't think of the word, <laughs> um, into yeah. you being a coach? You have a successful coaching business now, don't you? Yes. What I did was I started a blog and a podcast first. I kind of stuck my toe in the water. And that helped to clarify a lot of my thinking. And plus, I got introduced to a whole bunch of people, which was also interesting. A world that I didn't yeah. know existed, the world online and, yeah, and yeah. people who are out there in the personal development space. And while I, I did this while I was working, and eventually I said to myself, and this was a personal decision. It's not one I recommend to everyone, but I looked at my finances and I said, can I afford to leave? And I couldn't at the time, but I said, I'm making a plan to leave. When I pay off my mortgage, that will reduce my expenses considerably and then I can afford to leave. So as soon as my mortgage was paid off, I gave my workplace notice that I was going to take early retirement. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. Mm -hmm. So in December of 2017, I left my job at the peak of my career, knowing that it was going to be challenging and looking forward to that challenge of carving out a new identity for mm -hmm. myself. Yeah. How long did it take for you to realize that, yes, this is the right thing to do? Oh, yeah. I mean, part of it is that when you've been in a structured environment like I was, that became more and more structured as the years went by. Mm -hmm it's challenging when you're suddenly let loose. And even though I thought I was prepared for it, I wasn't as prepared for it as I thought. Mm. And it came back to that whole identity thing again, because as much as I thought I had shed the parts of my identity that were tied to my performance, I saw that there in fact were some still residual things left like, oh, you're a senior vice president of technology. Oh, you have a team reporting to you. There's a certain amount mm -hmm. of status that comes along with that title and that business card. Yeah. And then yeah. suddenly you're just Kathleen Thompson, regular yeah. person, right? Yes. Yeah. And so, so yeah, there were challenges that came with that. But mm -hmm. the good thing about that was that it enabled me to, again, reach back to my core and say, who am I at my core? Mm -hmm. I'm an artist. I'm a lover. I'm a seeker. I'm a questioner. I challenge the status quo. I help people and bring them along the way. That's what I did in my career. That's what I did in my ministry at church. That's what I've done in my performing. And that's what I do on my podcast. Mm -hmm. So as I saw the, the similarities and who I really was at my core, it made it easier for me to then carve out the next chapter. And it's a process of exploration and following your curiosity. 
nothing falls into place right away. No. You just no. start following the breadcrumbs in a sense. And mm -hmm. then they, then you find yourself in a place where you didn't expect that something similar to what I expected, but it's not what I actually expected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're absolutely right. Nothing happens overnight. And I think these days, because of technology and because we're a 24-7 world now, everybody expects immediate results and you've just got to be prepared to go with the flow and, like you say, recognise opportunities when they present themselves and take them. What kind of people do you help with your podcast and your coaching? I help people who are in the second chapter of their lives, generally 40s and up, who are maybe successful at the career that they have and yet feel like something is missing. Right. It might be, and it's not necessarily that they want to change what they're doing, but they want to change how they do it. And oftentimes what it boils down to is a story that we've believed. Even if we don't say it out loud, there's some kind of story we're telling ourselves. Like, mm -hmm. this is all it is. This is how it has to be. Um, I'm X, right? We can tell ourselves a story mm -hmm. about who we are. And, and perhaps that's partly true, but it's not the totality of who mm -hmm. we are. But so often we miss a whole dimension of ourselves because we've it's either too frightening to explore or we have limited ourselves and so i like to blow the lid off right and that's who i love to work with and also because not only am i creative but i also have a practical bent i like to help people see how they can get from point a to point b by mm -hmm. breaking it down into small chunks I'm a firm believer in 15 minutes a day is more powerful than five hours once a month. And so I like to help people who actually want to take action, who are predisposed toward taking action. Uh -huh. And they just need to be channeled in a direction and see some possibilities that they've missed. Right. Because of my performing arts background, my special um, part is in helping people see a new story, tell a new story, and then and then understand how to actually tell that story to others. Right, right. And, and you have created something special for Directory of a Dream Life 50 Plus podcast listeners, haven't you? Tell us about that. I have. I've created a landing page on my website at kathleenannthompson.com slash dreamlife. It's a worksheet. It's actually a PDF on how to fall in love with your life. And it's five tips that you can take you can practice immediately to explore how you can fall in love with the life you have right now mm -hmm. and then if you want to take more action to make some more significant changes i have plenty of other resources on my website to help you i'm very honored that you've prepared that for our for our listeners kathleen that's fantastic and before i wrap up this interview can I ask you a question that mm. I ask most of my guests, and I hope it's all right with you. If you, could sure. meet, if you could meet the teenage Kathleen now, what do you think she would say she's particularly proud of? And what do you think she might think, mm, I wish we'd approach that differently? There are three things that I would say that she'd be particularly proud of and three that I would have done differently. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> proud that she acted with courage and integrity when it was hard and when it hurt. Mm -hmm. 
proud that she had a dynamic marriage and that she keeps long-term relationships. Proud of a successful career and that she brought her artist self to work in a place that often didn't appreciate that. Um, what I would do differently is that I would have persisted through the roadblock when I attempted a singer-songwriter career and I wouldn't have given up so early. I would have taken care of myself in a way that would have demonstrated that I love myself. Mm. And I would play and laugh more. Right, yeah. I know we shouldn't have regrets, but they're just sort of things that we might do differently. But I totally identify with the, um, the singer-songwriter thought because I had the same dilemma with acting when I was younger because, like you say, the resources just weren't there to find out another way of doing it or another way of getting in that you could afford. So, like you, I went off on a corporate career road, but... Mm. Um, it was always there as what I wanted to do more than anything else in the world. So I, I started to pursue that. So I, I totally understand the singer-songwriter element. Yeah, I mean, and the interesting thing about that is that you probably found, because I know I did, that I brought that artistic sensibility to everything that I've done. And so even though I left that, that dream behind, the way I've behaved through the rest of my life has has been informed by that mm-hmm. and yeah. now that I have the time I'm actually doing it again yes <laughs> oh it's been absolutely fantastic to talk to you is, is there any part of your story that you think I've missed that our listeners should know I would say that one thing I learned from my husband's death is that bad things happen to good people and you have no control over that and what you do have control over is your response. At the same time, a corollary to that is that wonderful things happen too when we least expect them, that we don't have control over them either. But the wonderful things often don't come like a baseball bat like bad things do, they come like a whisper and we have to listen and Mm -hmm. be open to those whispers because when we are, amazing things can happen if we follow that trail. Absolutely. What a fantastic way to end this interview. (laughs) Thank you so much, Kathleen. That's been really inspirational for myself and for everybody who will listen to this episode of the podcast. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Marsha. Have a great day. The answer to last week's quiz question is Richard Nixon. And if you want to know what the question was, you'll have to listen back to episode 29. And here's this week's quiz question. Which bank holiday was first celebrated in Britain in 1978? As usual, no Googling. As we mentioned in the interview there, Kathleen has very generously created a free download for Directory of a Dream Life 50 Plus listeners. So just click the link and that should help you to navigate through the holiday stress particularly. Because just in case you're listening to this at a later than published date, it is 
just a few days before Christmas. So all that remains for me to say is if you are listening on or around the 21st of December 2019, which is the release date for this episode, have a very, very happy Christmas and I'll catch up with you next week when we'll almost certainly be reminiscing on 2019 and planning what's to come for us in 2020. Have a lovely, lovely Christmas. The Directory of a Dream Life 50 Plus podcast is created and produced by me, Marsha Ogden, and it's available on several platforms. So please keep listening. There are links below in the show notes. And you can also follow me on Facebook. The page name is Marsha at Gurgle It, which is M-A-R-C-H-I-A at A-T, Gurgle It, G-U-R-G-L-E-I-T. Or you can have a look at the website, gurgleit.com. There are links below to the website and to the workshops and the journal. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, just drop me a line at marsha at or leave a voice message on here with details of your topic. Have a fantastic week and I'll see you next time. Music